It's not the first one I've seen, but that's probably one of the cleaner ones that I've seen. Of what? A bolt to the dick. Welcome to the GNA Podcast, Games, Nerds, and Alcohol, where we typically get drunk and talk about stuff. But tonight, we're just going to watch Damoc do jazz hands. Yep, that's the jazz hands we like. Yeah, don't forget to sit on your arm. You gotta, gotta, gotta make it go numb first. <laughs> How you oh, doing, Damoc? You gotta pull that stranger, man. I'm good. How about you? You know what? I had a pretty good week. I, uh... My my week uh, my week is leveled off, so I'm just gonna just gonna keep riding it. Just gonna keep going. We got Aaron joining us tonight too. Aaron, how are you feeling? I'm feeling great. I just made myself some Nest Quick, and I haven't had it since I was like ten. So I'm just like really giddy about it for no reason. I'm excited. <laughs> Wait a minute, the powder or the uh, the squirty bottle stuff? It's the powder. I put it in this giant, like, metal bottle that was originally for water. Okay, Cecil's trying to start a fucking argument already, and we just started, dude. There is no squeeze bottle Nesquik that is good for anything. It is fucking worthless. The powder is the only way to go. I was just checking. I'm not I'm not disputing which one's the best. Obviously, we know which one's the best. I was just asking which one it was, because if she was using a squirty bottle, there was to be judgment. Well, I was he was just gonna, gonna kick say. me from the podcast. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, Aaron's muted now. You would be shamed, hardcore shamed. But I had faith that you used the powder. And we're joined by an extra special guest tonight. We're being joined by Selkie Fairy. Selkie, how are you this evening? I am good. It uh, it honestly took me a few minutes to even remember what the squeezy bottle Nesquik was because I don't remember ever having it. <laughs> But I, I think I, I remember it being a thing. I say I only remember it ever like once, and yeah, it was nothing that you ever used on purpose. No, that's not true. You can use the squeezy bottle Nesquik. It's to go on top of ice cream and only on top of ice cream. I respect that. Well, first segment of the show, what is everybody drinking? So I'm going to start off because I am actually not drinking tonight, but I am drinking. I'm drinking a, um, it's an ocean spray, ocean spray. I said I'm not drinking, but I'm slurring already. That's an ocean spray grape cranberry juice. Uh, definitely way more, way more grape than cranberry. It's got a nice little tart to it. Makes your lips smack when you drink it. It's really good. And it's actually a diet one. So it's only like, I don't know. 10 calories per serving or some shit like that. I don't know. It's, it's fucking magical. It's like these chicken nuggets at work that they say are vegetarian chicken nuggets. And I'm telling you, they're made out of chicken. The only thing vegetarian about them was the chicken they made them out of. The chicken was a vegetarian. And then they chopped them up and made chicken nuggets. Like, that's how this works. It's some sort of magic sorcery. Same way with this drink. It's some magic sorcery. It has this tart sweetness to it that I just, I don't understand how they're producing it. But, uh, yeah. 
it's really good if you haven't tried it ocean spray like i think it's grape cranberry or cran grape or something like that but it's really good you're sober and you don't remember what it's fucking called because uh, it's just you know in the what? fridge. If it's not, if it's not grapefruit juice, then I'm not interested, man. I love me some grapefruit juice. Oh man, See, no, like, it's grape- really good. It's grapefruit really, really juice, good. I don't like. Like that's the one juice I don't like is grapefruit juice, which is weird. It's right? because it's an acquired taste, and I think that you're full of shit because <laughs> you drink IPAs, know, and IPAs right? are exceedingly fucking grapefruity. Right. I know, and I don't like grapefruit juice, which makes zero sense. Zero sense. Well, grape, yeah, but that's super sour, though. Yeah, like, oh, they're yeah, really a, sour. Yeah, it's it's got a lot of tart to it. But like, I don't like sour beers, but I like sour juices. So, I mean, figure that one out. Well, what are you drinking tonight, Aaron? I think I saw. I think I saw one of my favorites in your hand. Oh, I'm drinking uh, just the regular Guinness. I have this big ass metal bottle full of Nesquik. <laughs> And then, in case I want another beer, I have a Bud Light. So I'm, so, I'm stacked over here. Wow, you're going to throw up tonight. I was going to say uh, that's uh, negative. Stomach uh, of I'm, steel. Look, uh, yeah, you have fun shitting your brains out later at minimum. Vomiting after drinking all that milk and alcohol is not such a great deal. I love me some white Russians. Don't ever get me wrong, but you start mixing too many of the milk. Ooh. Or the nutty Irishman that Cecil turned me oh, on to. Fuck, man. No milk You're in that. So just good. cream liqueur. Yeah, that cream will fuck you, though. Yeah, if you drink too many of those, though, it, it lubes the shoot and everything just falls out of you. Unpleasant in nature. I think you guys just have problems, because every time y'all say I'm going to be, like, throwing up or shit in my pants, everything's fine. Like, I think you guys just have something weird right. going on with your bowels. Challenge accepted. We're going to go up yeah, there. We're going to... Really we're going to... them. <laughs> We're going to go up there with dragon's milk, with nutty Irishmen's, and we're going to drink a whole lot of milk, and then we're just going to see what happens when we wake up the next morning. We're going to see who's on the can first. Now, I'm putting bets on me, because I just, I, I, I know I'll, I'll be pounding Guinness right behind it and be like, yeah, everything in my stomach is just going to go, yeah, so we just had a bunch of, like, partying Irishmen show up, and they're kicking everybody out the back door, so... Yeah, that happened. See, that's my weight loss plan. I've lost 48 pounds just drinking Nutty Irishman and shitting my brains out. <laughs> I'm not quite sure my internal organs are doing so well. They might be failing, but hey, <laughs> I'm losing weight, and that's yeah. better. The weight you're losing is your organs have liquefied, and then they're falling out of you. <laughs> well, what are you drinking tonight, Damoc? Uh, so I made some beer brats and if the course, the secret to beer brats is really cheap, shitty malt beer, right? You need to use a really cheap, shitty beer. So I got a 42 ounce steel reserve for the beer brats. And then I bought a second one for myself because I hate life today. No, actually I'm having a great day. I've been having a great week, but I am drinking 42 ounces of Steel Reserve, and I pre-grained with a little bit of uh, bullet bourbon. I literally, as soon as you picked that up and I saw it, I got goose pimples all over me. Like, my nipples are hard, but for the wrong reason. Right. You know, 
after you've had enough bullet bourbon and then you have those beer brats that you're not quite sure that you raised the temperature high enough to cook the beer out of and you probably just, you know, drank a whole fucking 42 ounces in a, in a brat, it doesn't taste so bad. So we'll see, dude. Hopefully I stay awake for the show. Well, if not, we got a backup there that can turn off your uh, your recording software. What? We got Selkie there. Turn off his software if he passes out. Okay, sorry, my brain just—I <laughs> don't know what happened. Now, now she's paying attention. We're good. What about you, Selkie? Are you drinking anything with us tonight? Well, I am sipping on a Bud Light at the moment, but I pre-gamed with some Peach Crown that was actually really delicious. Ooh, very nice. Very nice. I like, uh, I don't think I've had Peach Crown. I've had Peach Schnapps. I've had Peach Wine. Is it anywhere near there? It's very, very peachy. And it it's, I'm not one that likes to drink whiskey straight. I like to mix it. And this is one that I can drink straight. Because it's, it's just like drinking peach syrup. It's very nice. It's smooth. Much more smoother than the other crowns. I like that. I like that. I like smooth beverages. All right. Well, State of Games, second segment of the show. State of Games is where we talk about what we've been playing for the past week, or we pontificate on how we feel like our gaming is just currently now. So why don't we reverse that back? Selkie, what is your State of Games? Well, I'm currently playing, uh, currently working on Rust, where I'm going around gathering up a bunch of horses after they all died and ran away, and also Quest for Glory. Oh, interesting. constantly dying on. (laughs) Well, that's the topic for tonight, so we'll kick into that in a little bit. Um, What about you, Dama? What's your state of games? Um... I played some Rust, but I've had kind of a busy week, and I just haven't gotten into the game to this week. Uh, I tried to play some Quest for Glory, and I'll touch on that, my experience with it. And then, I know it's not a game, but Dungeon Alchemist released, and I got my oh, Kickstarter yeah. code, and... Oh, man, did you know? Have you... Cecil, have you launched it yet? I have not. I have not. So they made a massive change to it, right? You used to be able to pick small, medium, and large maps. Now you just tell it how big you want your map to be. And it will give you a warning. It will say, hey, Dungeon Alchemist is meant for smaller maps to be more detailed, but it will work on bigger maps. I put a 99 by 99 tile map in there, hit it, my computer chugged for a minute. It took about three minutes to load the map, but it loaded the map, and then once it loaded, oh my god, it was the smoothest fucking experience again. I'm so goddamn excited, and I got my Kickstarter backing, which I think you got the Kickstarter backing as well, so we have all kinds of exclusives and custom banners, because I think I paid $190 for that, you know, quite a little bit ago. (laughs) We're not going to talk about how much we spent on that, shh. Oh, you got a question, Aaron. I can see it on your face. You spent $190 on a single game? Like, just one? No, it's not a video game. So, 
the dungeon alchemist is an artificially intelligent map building for um you can use it primarily for like dungeons and dragons or medieval fantasy because that's where it's based around so any type of tabletop game that you're playing you can make these maps and ai generates these you pick the room you pick the architecture you pick these things and then you lay out the room and then it populates it in i mean i i'm super fucking impressed with the way it populates it uh but then you can micromanage every little teeny detail inside of the map so if you were into tabletop gaming uh it's it's phenomenal and you need a copy so is it like Google Maps RuneScape is what I'm picturing to like make an immersive world for like D&D? Like you're like, oh, you guys are here and then you show them the screen or like? Yes. So it builds out the little tiles and, you know, each tiles where your a character can be and all of that. And you can move through and it decorates the room with all kinds of things. And you can, as the DM, you can say, oh, well, if they loot this table, I'm going to have this loot in it. Or if they just clear the room, blah, 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 blah. Or you can say, hey, I want them to, I want it to artificially generate this much, but then I want to add my own little tweaks here and there. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's mapping software. It's compatible with, I think, shit, Cecil, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's compatible with every type of online software, plus it's printable maps. And they do it so that you can straight print them and lay them out on a tabletop if no one's playing on Roll20 or whatever your preferred table is. That's actually really cool. I don't know why, but my brain is just picturing like RuneScape. I think that's just because so we'll, it's like a medieval thing. After the show, we'll uh, we'll do a share screen and show it to you. I actually showed Zyberblood it because he was uh, I was talking about it because he bought the other one, and I had said, "Yeah, that looks like it would go really cool with uh, Dungeon Alchemist." And he's like, "Well, which one's that?" And then I showed it to him. He's like, "Oh man, that's so awesome!" So I actually think I said I would buy it for him. So I might have to go and quickly buy it for him well, because I think I said I would. I th- I think it launched today. I got the email today, and it's forty four yeah. ninety five or something on Steam, uh, worth every penny because I've paid yep. way more than double that. Oh yeah, oh easily every penny. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a great tool. I'm actually super hopeful that they extend it out and make like a Dungeon Alchemist sci fi or Dungeon Alchemist modern. You know where you get modern maps like streets. You know like building stuff like that storefronts um or even go into like a sci-fi situation where you've got you know planetary stuff or uh moon base or some shit like that i I would be interested in then extending it out and going that far even as a separate product that you buy not like as downloadable but separate product that you actually pay for um you mean i'll I'll throw another 200 dollars at the screen dude not a problem if they went that way easy peasy Mm -hmm. oh yeah oh yeah hands down yeah it's a really cool product oh. Oh. it just sounds awesome Sarah, i don't you? know yeah. yeah yeah well what's your state of games uh i have been playing rust and only rust i've just been kind of obsessed with it since y'all have been on it too so like i'm not just alone naked and afraid doing nothing playing with sticks so that's what i've been doing i'm really sad that we all lost our horses I spray painted over the horse signs that I made because they were dead. And I was like, I have to name new horses now. So I just made them black. (laughs) So that's what I did. We got to put like little graves outside for the horses. We got to like make makeshift graves or something and put them out there. I think that's what we got to do. 
I found horses everywhere. We, They're like all over the place. You just find your yeah, horses. We had six horses. <laughs> yeah, but the ones I didn't realize that they ate so much. They, yeah, well, I put you, uh, Damoc and Selkie said that they put food in there, and I did too. So they must they ate like hundreds of they ate through hundreds of pieces of like bear meat in like a day. Well, so the one thing that I do know is that when they're inside, they actually degrade quicker than if they're outside. Can we keep them so, outside? I think we can keep them outside. We would just have to build the troughs outside. Um, but as long as you keep food in there, then they should be okay. But I guess they eat way more food than I thought they did inside. Like, I noticed when I was so that's farming and, and watering the plants, they take an enormous amount of water to keep the plants going. So I guess the horses oh, yeah. keep an enormous amount of food, and maybe it just takes more resources to keep these resources than it is to just find them wild. Maybe. And, and one thing that I do have to say is that those horses did poop a lot. Yeah, there was a lot of horse poop that was collected. Maybe that's something that if everybody agrees to it, I can make a tweak to the server uh, on the horses because they do seem... They're not overpowered in any way, shape, or form. But yeah, man, I I killed like 30-something bears, and I've been using the salvage hatchet to cut it, or the salvage axe to cut things up. So I'm, I'm getting like 38 pieces of meat per bear, and I'm like, okay, so I'm loading things down. When you put the bear meat in there, was it cooked or not cooked? Oh, I cooked it all first. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Because they, they actually eat cooked over, not over. They you even the horses get more health out of cooked versus not not cooked. Yeah, no. I looked at that and maybe maybe for our play style, since we're playing on a private server and not open to the public right now, and all of that, maybe I can look into tweaking the horses and and all of that, and we can go from there. Because kind of crazy for them to degrade or eat so much fucking food. When I was out trying to hunt, I was finding more horses than any other animals to the point where I started wondering, maybe we just eat the horses. I mean... Alright. Can you eat them? Yes. Zyber has chopped up several of them and he has a whole bunch of horse meat. Oh, I didn't know you could Mm -hmm. eat them. I don't know why I assumed you couldn't, but I just it didn't occur to me to eat them. I would be sad. Well, I mean, to eat you get horses. people meat too. Well, yeah, but like, I think I just I don't know. I think it's because they have like saddles, so I'm like, oh, these are designated as like rides, and then everything else that you just doesn't have equipment on it. I'm just like, that's food. I don't know. Okay, it's- so there's a there's a an admin option that can spawn horses without saddles, so non-rideable horses. That's, by default, is not enabled, but there are servers that don't allow you to spawn rideable horses, and they only do non-rideable horses and everything like that. Um, I thought about enabling both uh, and going from there, but I want I anytime I make a change to the server, I want everybody to have a yay or nay and we'll go from there, and I've been doing a majority vote. Whoever, you know, the majority says yay, that's what we go with. I'd be down for that. I would be, I would vote yes. Yeah. I say, with horses, I'm pretty easy peasy there, because there's nothing, I don't, I don't feel that horses would make our play style, um, like, OP or not. 
Like, if I've got to go find a horse because they are pretty plentiful, I just go find another horse and then I just dump it in a trough with some food, let it eat. You know, I can make some hide armor or some wood armor, a leather satchel, and, uh, you know, some horseshoes. So, I mean, like, for me, it's not all that big of a deal if my horse dies. But I got to say, I did like that one horse that I had because I did have it for a while. I'm a little, little sad it died. A little sad. A little tear in my eye. Yeah. Okay. Well, if everybody's roughly in agreement, I'll, I'll put it up in the uh, Discord channel for it. And again, if anybody wants to uh, join in and play Rust on the Discord server, just join the Discord and then go to the Rusty McRust Master channel, and uh, you'll get an invite, and I'll whitelist you, and we'll go from there. Hurrah! From Damox mouth to your ears. Well, my uh, my state of games has been pretty easy. I've been playing some Rust. I uh, I'm still dabbling into Metroid Dread. Um, How is that going for you? Bit more. I like it. It's just unfortunately, it's one of those games that I get lost in pretty quickly. So, like, if I'm not playing it for a good length of time, like a couple hours or like an hour each night. Uh, I kind of forget where I am, so it takes me about 20, 30 minutes to figure out what I was doing, like run around for a little bit and go, oh, shit, that's what I was doing, and then get back into the grind of it and and continue to advance forward. Okay, so... But it's still fun. It's still probably the best... No, it's not the best, but it's it's the best 2D to come out like in the past couple decades uh, for Metroid. Oh, dude, easily, and... I can't say it's the best Metroid because the original Metroid always will have that fucking, that piece that will hold you that, yes, however, when they talked about Metroid Dread and they're like, this is what we've always envisioned for Metroid with the technology at the time was just not right. Yeah, it's phenomenal. So, are you? I have a couple questions for you on it. I know you, you briefly touched on it last time. Um, and maybe you touched on it more and I was just too drunk to pay attention. <laughs> that also could be a possibility. But, uh, one, are you playing it on the Switch or are you playing it on a docked Switch with, like, an Elite controller or something? I am playing it on the Switch, not docked. Okay, and so how are you liking the screen on the Switch playing it? So I've got the non-OLED, I've got the original Switch screen, and it's great. I mean, it's adequate. I uh, it, it could always, I mean, you could always try to beef things up, but I'm not, I'm not, I, okay, case in point, I still play quest for glory on the ega graphics and it does not bother me whatsoever okay so no, no it does easy. not like the screen itself doesn't bug me at all i think it looks great especially when it zooms in does the 3d stuff i think everything looks great could it look better oh yeah but it definitely looks great i like i like the way it looks uh even the sound the way they got the spatial sound to work on a switch to make it sound good I'm still pretty impressed with. What does EGA mean? <laughs> um, you know what? That's a, that's going to reach back into the brain. I want to say it's enhanced graphics something or other. 
but Damox Damox Googling it, so he's going to come in here and save the day because I don't think I know it off the top. Of my Enhanced head. graphics adapter. There you go. I was close. I was. I said enhanced graphics something. I actually was thinking adapter, but I didn't say it because I was like, no, that doesn't sound right. No, I mean, I I did not know what EGA actually was. I had to look that up, but I know VGA, video graphics adapter, and all of that. But I, you know, I mm-hmm. should have just two and two should have made four to me there, but it didn't. And I was like, no, I gotta look up fucking EGA. It's gonna be some weird ass term. Like, hey, you want to go back to the AGP days? Aaron, what's an AGP slot? I have no idea what that means. Selkie, what's an AGP slot? Why would you ask me that? You know I don't know that. <laughs> Cecil, what's an AGP slot? Oh, advanced graphics port. See? The advanced graphics port, and that was what graphics cards, before we went to PCI Express, used. And they only used the AGP slot. So if you ever, and this is, I don't know why the fuck it's still on the exam, but if you ever take CompTIA's A-plus exam, you have to know what an an AGP slot is, even though it has been obsolete for 30 years now. Easy. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's been it's been, ever since PCIe came out, it pretty much got obsolete. But yeah, even before AGP, when the when this game, when the game we're going to be talking about tonight, Quest for Glory, came out, uh, there actually weren't video cards. They were all integrated on the board, so you actually didn't have. I mean, they did have some separate video cards that were around, but they were kind of they were they were the elitist things. Most people just had video coming straight off their board. Which is weird because even serial cards were originally cards that plugged into the bus that you had to run your like your serial mouse off of. It was a card that you plugged into your bus, which was fucking. So, crazy. Aaron, I see your finger up, but you can go ahead and put it down. Like all this shit was before you were born, so don't worry about it. No, well, that's why you asked me questions, set me up to failure with tech that was obsolete before I was even alive. Like, this is some bullshit. Like, at least if I'm... At least you're gonna have a gotcha moment. Can it be something that was around? Like, I don't know, after my birth, maybe, would be helpful for me to have, like, a fighting chance. I I saw what he... I knew what he was doing. Like, as soon as he started doing it, and I'm like, yep, and I just sat here and smiled, because I'm like, I know exactly where he's going with this. He's gonna go to the old guy and say, hey, old guy, what is this? And I'm gonna be like, mother... That's why you get so much hate. (laughs) Oh, no, no. So it was. So when I was trying to get my security plus the first time, I went to a basic week long boot camp, but they did this whole military special bundle thing where they charged the GI Bill, blah, 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 blah. Anyways, it was supposed to be A plus, Net plus, and Sec plus, plus uh, CCN. No, CCENT, but CC, that doesn't exist anymore. So whatever. So, anyways, I took the first class, and it's an A plus class. Now. Since I was 11 years old, I've been hardcore into computers and modifying computers, hardware and software across the board. So when I took this eight, I, I, I know, woo, but since I was 11, right? And I'm like, okay, I was born in 83. So yeah, that, I'm almost 40. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I, I've been doing this for a little bit. I'm like, all right, I took this A plus course and this dude's sitting there and I got pulled aside after the first day and was like, listen, 
you're not allowed to answer any more questions. You, you should just go and take the test. I don't know why you're in this fucking class to begin with. It's <laughs> like, because he's like, where's the host file? What's this green looking port on there? I'm like, oh my God, it's this, it's this, it's this. And then you can find it here. And like, okay, you got to let other people who don't actually know anything learn this stuff. I'm like, wow. So it, it was a good time. Like, I, I got it. It's an old timer thing. So, yeah, you know. Be glad we're not an AGP an AGP anymore. He prides himself on his knowledge of all the technology that hasn't been used in thirty years. I'm just waiting for him to pull out like an actual floppy disk and be like, "What's this?" And I'm like, "Who cares? It's a frisbee." It's a three D print of a save button. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or or he'll be like, "I'm like, oh, that's a hashtag." He's like, "Actually, that's the pound symbol. It was on a phone that you unplugged into your wall with a cord on it." Oh, you will never know those days, or you'll never know the days of the cell phones, or not not cell phones, but cordless phones that came out that had audio leakage everywhere. And if you put on anything, you could just be like, huh, why am I hearing my mom talk to whoever the fuck through my stereo? This is awkward. Um, we had, uh... In my house, we actually did have, like, the first phone I remember us having, it was green and see-through plastic, so you could see all the circuitry inside, because that was cool, I guess. And it had this giant-ass cord, so private conversation was you taking the phone from the living room and then pulling this long-ass janky cord, like, around the wall, because, like, that was a private conversation now. And then after that, when we had the first cordless ones in our house... You would have a conversation, then somebody could pick another phone up in the house and hear you talking. So it was great. I hated it. Especially as, like, a teenager, because everything that comes out of your mouth is cringy, so you're talking to all your friends, and all of a sudden your dad's like, lame, and then hangs up his phone, and you're like, oh, God, why? (laughs) Yeah. Hey, that that green see-through phone was cool. Like, the green see-through phones were so expensive, and then not only those, but the ones that were shaped like anything. And it was like, that's a $20 phone. Fuck you if you're going to get a $20 phone. And I'm like, $20? Shit, dude, that cost, that's a Red Bull now. Shit. Yeah, it was like the big, like the long one or whatever, and the, I don't even know what it was, like the dock thing for it was also green and see-through, so you could see all the circuitry. And it was just attached to the fucking wall. And it was like two feet long almost. I was like, what is this? This is not, this, nothing about this is okay. I absolutely love that you called it the dock thing versus the receiver. Right, it's killing me on the inside. Okay, I was like eight years old, okay? I don't remember what it was called. I didn't ask anybody. I was like, this is the phone. And then whatever you put it on, you just, you, you just sat there, you docked it like a boat. It just went right there. Bam. You know what? I don't think I don't think we need to continue this podcast. I'm just gonna go sit on my front porch and yell at people to right. get off my lawn. I'm buying a that's rocking chair from now. Cracker that's Barrel, and that's just gonna be it, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna sit on the front porch with a, like a, a cup of tea and like a newspaper, and then just as people walk by across the street, I'll just I'll just stand up and shake the paper and just, get off my lawn. Like, See, I think you I'm know there. what? Come on, y'all. Y'all focus on the negative, because I didn't get any points for knowing about other people being to listen on a conversation. I didn't get any points for having a corded phone or the special green one. All you heard was, it's not a dock, it's a receiver.
Like, I was, like, a child. Like, I was really little. I don't know what it was called. Okay, I got did no you points. grow up I gave where you, you points. could push... I gave you points for that that, plas- that see-through plastic, because that was, was a really cool but phone. did you grow up where you got to push the numbers, or did you have to learn how a dial worked? I have used a rotary phone, but it wasn't in my house. I It was... I don't even remember. It was some, like, distant relative, and they just never updated. So I have used, like, the rotary where you, like, click all the way around, and then let it, like, chink back, and then you do it again. You might as well just have the Tom Edison phone. It's just worthless piece of crap. But yeah, I've used it. <laughs> Crank the side of it. Hello, operator. Actually, phone like they literally like <laughs> you literally used to have a place where somebody would sit and wait for a light to go off. And that was you on one end cranking your phone to blink a light over there to let them know that you wanted to make a call. They would pick up and say, where do you want to call? And you would tell them and then they would route your call via a physical cord to who you wanted to call. And then after you did, after they connected you, you would crank it again to ring that phone. Now, to be completely fair. So to be fair. To be fair. To be fair. Silky had to pee, but she would get in on that. Ah, uh, yeah. Cecil did not grow up with that technology, neither. That technology was already obsolete when we were growing up. That was... Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was long, but th- that was long gone. However, one thing, one piece of technology that I was alive for, and this will be funny if anybody remembers this. Do you guys remember party lines? Oh, fuck. I don't... Do you remember what a party line Isn't it was? When, uh, all I can think of is that scene from Mean Girls where like, hang on, and then they press a different button and then they're talking to somebody else, but they're like all kind of connected in on the call is all I can think of. If it's not that, I have no idea what it is. Yes. yes. Do you remember, Damon? It is roughly a multi-call conversation, but you had to call into a special number and only so many people could connect to it. It was before you could hit the star key, call a new number, and then star back really quick to get three-way calling, which was an extra service offered. No. No, 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 no. Party lines, okay? At one point in time, you would actually have a party line for your, like, for your neighborhood or for your town where literally you would pick up the phone and you literally shared the line with everybody else in your neighborhood or town because not everybody had a phone and you would pick it up and if you heard somebody talking and you needed to make a call you had to actually tell them hey i gotta make this call can i use the line so i grew up in california and that was not a thing was uh yeah the rest of the fucking world is backwards and the rest of the states are backwards that sounds like that would create ghost towns because the first time you're like, yo, I need to use the phone and your neighbor's like, I'm not getting off. And then you went over and you beat them to death and then no, everyone fuck, in town no, died. No, you got that. <laughs> you you had some words in there right, but you phrased them the wrong way. That was when the high schoolers were sitting there and they were sex talking and everybody picked up their phone so they could get off to the conversation. Okay, that was the good part. I never even thought that that was a thing that could happen, but now I'm realizing that it could, and that's so gross and cringy. 
Oh my god, that's the shit that happened right? back when we had. So when they came out and they're like, these are the new 2.4 gigahertz phones, and everybody in the fucking neighborhood bought these new phones. Yeah, they had the audio leakage so bad that you would you pick up your phone and then you would hear people talking and everybody and I do mean everybody waited to see if there was something dirty or creepy to be said on the phone they would sit there and listen for a little bit before they fucking hung up the phone to turn it back on to see if they would change frequencies you said everybody but I think you just meant like you like you did that and then you assumed like oh everybody's weird like me and I feel like you just you were just on the phone like all day like something's gonna happen eventually he's had very different experiences growing up in California than I had growing up in Mississippi (laughs) very different Nice. Well, the only other thing that I have been playing out of my state of games has been Quest for Glory. Now, Quest for Glory is actually what we're going to talk about today because Quest for Glory is a great old game. Came out the original one. So there's uh, there's five total Quest for Glories, um, and they go they start off with Quest for Glory. So you want to be a hero. Quest for Glory two, Trial by Fire. Quest for Glory three, Wages of War. I think. Quest for Glory 4, Shadows, something of Shadows. I'm actually forgetting now. I probably should have looked these up instead of trying to go from memory. Uh, but uh, hold I love on. going from memory. I got memory. you. Let's see where and you're going. Sh- Quest for Glory 5, sh- Dragonfire. So what did you say? So, so what was Quest so for Glory 4? Quest for Glory 1? Uh, so two? you want to be a hero. Three? Trial by Fire. Or Trail by Fire. Uh, and Wages four. of War? Shadow of okay, something. Okay, and 5? Or Something Shadows. Uh, Dragon's Fire, so I think. So, if four, give it your best shot. Like Shadows of the Moon or sh- Moon? So, so I keep coming with Shadows of Mordor, and I right, know it's not because that. that's one of the fucking Lord of the Rings games. A different game altogether. So I'm going to tell you, you got one, no. two, three, and five uh-huh. spot on. That's what they are. It's so you want to be what a hero, trial by fire, wages of war, skipping the fourth, and going to dragon's fire. But the fourth game, it, I will give you that you have said shadows of. So I'm going to give you the shadows of. What is it of? I'm, I'm drawing 100% blank, man. Shadows you give of it to me. darkness, which is what you kind of said in there, <sighs> and then you tried to backtrack, and I was like, man, you had it. You actually had it. I know. I know. Well, I've played them enough. So these games, the first one came out in 1989, and it originally was named Heroes Quest, but... If you if you were alive in 1989, you know that around the same time, a board game came out called Heroes Quest. And I believe, if I'm correct, and I'm hoping Damox looking at it and going to correct me if I'm wrong, I believe how it all went down was they the Heroes Quest, the, game, the board game, had a trademark or copyright or something to the actual name. So when Sierra released Heroes Quest, they actually had to revert it back, pull it back, and then re-release it as quest for glory 
So I do believe that is what happened. Um, I only looked at it briefly, uh, you know, at the beginning of the week when I, I downloaded the game and tried to play it and all that wonderful stuff. Um, I, I think it was absolutely there was a conflict with a tabletop version or another game and they had to rename it. But yeah, it, it worked out for Sierra. It's a very popular, it was a very, very popular game and sold really well. Well, the fun part about it is that uh, Quest for Glory, so you want to be a hero. Um, you 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 start in a, a town called Spielberg, I think, or Spellberg or something like that. And it the, the game itself was a mix of point-and-click adventure with role-playing elements. So the, the point-and-click adventure, if you're familiar with the point-and-click adventure games, especially at the time you had a toolbar that you had a hand, a walking, an eye, a mouth to talk with, and then usually like an inventory that you could pull stuff out and throw at things or, or interact with stuff. Well, Quest for Glory took it a step further. They added the role-playing elements where you had stats, uh, climbing, magic, strength, dodge, parry, all these other stats. And the more you use them, the better you got with them. You also had a health bar, stamina, and magic. So it was a really, like, at the time, it was revolutionary because nobody had done this before. You had role-playing games, and you had point-and-click adventures, but nobody had actually taken taking it to where Sierra took it uh, a really well polished game which the game also is riddled and I mean absolutely riddled with comedy uh, just across the board there's so many little funny things that happened um, games like Fallout actually took a lot of cues from Quest for Glory and the Quest for Glory series and brought them into Fallout with the random encounters that you get that are just really silly um, which I, I know that I know that Selkie has been playing it, which I'm going to I'm going to ping some things after, off of Selkie here. I know, uh, Aaron, you haven't played it. And and Damoc, you said you played it, but you really just couldn't get into well, it. Well, I mean, I'm not a point and click adventure person. It's just not my style. It never has been my style even back in the day. But let me tell you. I really hope you're ready because Selkie has played it for hours and I hope she's ready to talk. So, Selkie, I want to hear your full, unabridged, what was your take on Quest for Glory, So You Want to Be Hero? So first, before we get in, I want you to set it up. I want you to tell me how you played it, whether you played the, the 92 VGA remake or you're playing on an EGA graphics, the original 89 EGA graphics. I want you to tell me what class you started off with. And I, I, I desperately want to hear how your first like five, ten minutes went in there and then tell me the rest. Okay, so he's out here calling me out over the fact that I've been playing for hours because I legitimately have been playing for hours and I've gotten nowhere. <laughs> but I started off I'm playing a thief because I thought it'd be fun. And so nice. far I'm just kind of wandering around lost. I've been I've, I've spent hours just wandering around lost because the only other game that I've actually played of this style is King's Quest. And so it, it's a little different in that this game has a nighttime and then you go to sleep and it's like it's getting toward nighttime and then oh I'm getting tired but I'm like well, what do I do like <laughs> so I died a couple times trying to figure out when and how to sleep <laughs> and then there was a moment where I found I came across like a 
My pathway is blocked by bushes, so I'm thinking I'm going to use my sword to cut it down. And instead, I threw the sword <laughs> yep. at the bushes, <laughs> and then I had a sword. So I restarted yep. there. And then uh, I killed a bunch, wandering around, lost in the woods. And then I kept getting... I, I kept, I keep forgetting to okay. save, though, because I've gotten very spoiled with autosave, and this game doesn't have autosave. So when I make some kind of progress, I don't yes. save the progress, and then I get killed, and then I'm back. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to gaming yeah. 1989. It's been a while since I played this dog game, but I feel like if I hadn't have played the other game, that would be so much more lost than I am now. But now I'm, I'm kind of able to stumble around and figure it out. But <laughs> so, who have you talked to in the who game? Who I talked to. Yeah. yeah. So you start off right in the front, right next to, uh, to the sheriff, sheriff. And then I and wandered around and I talked to. I was hand, I feel like I spent more time talking to people, and I just because I, I want to click through absolutely everything and make sure I get all the information from everybody. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, Absolutely. Well, did have you talked to? Okay, so here's a yeah. question. You went with thief. Did you put any of your points? Because remember, because you start off with fifty points when you create your I character that you can put them anywhere out evenly amongst other things. Did you put no. any into magic? Mm, that's where I fucked up. <laughs> okay. Um, no, no, no. So that's okay. You can actually play. So here's the best part about these games, um, and it's something that Mass Effect took and they ran with it as well. This is the earliest game that I can remember playing where you can take every every bit of your progress that you had with your character at the end of this game and bring it into the next game. Now, it didn't really change all of that much. Um, if you were a thief, a fighter, or a magic user, depending on how you ended it, you got some different things in the next game, but it didn't change it all that much. He distracted me. <laughs> so, 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 like, who, who else? Like, have you have you explored, explored the entire the town? town? I went into the uh, there's like a pub, and I talked to the very difficult uh, bartender that didn't want to talk to me, and I tried to talk to a couple people in there, and they're not very okay. talkative. And then I went into an alleyway, mm -hmm. and I came across a beggar, and I decided I'm going to give this beggar a coin. It took me a few, a few minutes to figure out how to give the beggar the coin, and I figured I'll give the beggar a coin because that's what I did it me later. But then I went back. I went back into the alley after dark and got killed. I have a feeling mm -hmm. that I, whatever's in the alley, I'm going to need, so I'm going to have to figure out how to get past that and get whatever was shining in the alley. But I haven't got that part yet. So here's my question. Did you get the note on the ground in no. the bar? So this game is just like every mm. other point-click adventure in the world. No, there I are little things that are hanging around that, that when you just see them like off, like a little weird. Like, for instance, did you happen to yeah, see no, I found a the bird, bird chirping in, in the nest? nest. I'm pretty sure it's the ring. And I scared the bird away. I got the bird okay. gone, but I can't get into the nest. Okay. It won't. I, what, yeah, what I, I tried happens? to climb in, and it said my I didn't have enough climbing skills, so I have to figure out how to build my climbing skill. Okay. I feel like you need a lot of climbing in this. Like it would benefit me if I had to put all the points into climbing. 
So here's the cool part, and if 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 you remember what I said at the beginning, the more you use a skill, the better you the only, get at so it. So climbing in and out of so, the castle because it's the only thing I can climb successfully. <laughs> but 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 you don't have to be successful at doing okay. something to so be if I doing just it. Climb the tree over and over and over so, again. I'll eventually get it. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's several places you can climb in this game. Um, one is right there at nighttime. You can try to climb the gate, or you can try to climb the wall next yeah, the, to the gate I of the village. I can't get that one. I can't get the tree, but I can climb into the castle. And then it just, like, it just boggles my mind that the castle security is so lax that I can climb into this, this, the castle, but I can't get, I can't climb the gate to the town or the tree. That's the funny like, part. I can just climb right into the castle. Yeah. So that's that's one of the funnier parts of the game is that like where you can just randomly climb and where you can't. Um, also in that alleyway, if you go to the back of the alley and use your hand on the wall, you can actually climb over that back wall. Oh, I didn't even try to climb there. Yeah, there's a couple of different places where you can actually climb. And climbing it like working so grinding out a bunch of different skills super super handy. Uh especially when it comes later where all of a sudden you're like, "Oh, I actually need to do this." Um now usually you've got multiple different ways like like any other game, you've got multiple different ways of accomplishing the same task. Like, usually there's a brute force way, there's a stealth or thief style way, and then there's a magic style way. Um, another thing to keep in mind, especially if you went see thief, so you're going to have daggers in your inventory and you can buy more daggers. You can go, have you found the bull on the, the bull's face on the wooden thing behind the, uh, behind the town? I'm not sure. I don't ever seen a maybe so if you go if you go if you go south one okay i saw it so if you get to there you can actually throw your dagger at it and practice throwing to get your throwing skill up so as a thief the screen that i was on i saw the bush and i threw my sword at the bush (laughs) (laughs) yeah so when you get there you can so like anything you do in the game that involves any form of skill or action you'll actually beef yourself up so like that climbing that you do you can continuously practice climbing until your stamina is completely gone and then go take a stamina potion and completely do it again and again and again until you're at 100 climb if you want um have you figured out how to make money yet i haven't really figured out about oh wait no you go and you i go and i clean the uh stables i can make money that way i found that but I yep. can't see my stats. So, like, I if I c- climb walls, how do I see so, where my climbing ability is? You know, you know, on the top. Have you figured out where you can go from running to walking and to sleeping? sneaking? I saw the sleeping one on there, and there was a bunch of other symbols, and, and I know sleeping? what they meant. Yep. But I'm not sleeping. Do you see the one where it looks like your head? Okay. Oh, okay. Click on okay. your head. Yeah, there was a bunch of other symbols I didn't click on all of them. I just saw the one that looked like a sleeping person. Okay, I got that. Okay. Yeah, so there, those are actually how you run, how you walk, run, and sneak, which you'll want to practice on your sneaking, if, especially if you're a thief at all times. Like, you just sneak everywhere, but just be careful when you put your hand on something when you're sneaking, because you'll actually attempt to steal it sometimes. 
Okay, okay. It's very handy to know what the symbols mean. That's been the hardest part. Like, they're just pictures and they're all grainy, so I don't exactly know what they all are, and I'll have to just click on them and try to figure it out. I, I think, and I'm going to double check, but I believe that the Quest for Glory collection, each one comes with the book, like a, um, a PDF of the book itself. And I'm trying to find it to see if I can find where it is. But I want to say that there's a book with each one. And I am completely failing. On, oh, well, hold on. Right there. It says manuals. So if you go into wherever you have it installed, uh, there's actually a, a directory that says manuals, and you can actually bring up the original manuals ah, for the game. I was going to mention that because that was a big thing. When you start the game, and I mentioned it in the lounge when we were talking about it, it absolutely says that there is accompanying documentation. It says, oh, by the way, you will need the information uh, contained in the printed documentation to successfully complete the game. And that is part of their DRM software at back in the day. You know, they just, you had to have mm -hmm. the manual to it. But yes, if you were to click on view manual, you will get five manuals. And I decided to open them up in PDF viewer and look through them. You actually do need them. They do have very specific things in the game that you have to go through and use the manual. So I shrugged that off as so I'll figure that out part, when I get to it, and you actually bothered to look it up. <laughs> so I'm not 100% sure what in the manual you actually need. I'm not sure either, because but that's the part of when you Google it, you're going to find walkthroughs, and I wasn't trying to find a walkthrough. I was trying to figure out. So I mentioned this also in the Discord. <clears throat> is Okay, here we go. Aaron and Selkie, you can just just go ahead and mute your mics and not say nothing because we know this doesn't pertain to you. Cecil, you've played the original SimCity on PC. Oh, yeah. Forever oh, ago. Selkie said she did too. Did you? Nice. I did too a long, long time ago, and I have been a long-standing fan of The Sims since. So, but I barely, I do vaguely remember the original. Oh, yeah. So, the original Sim City came with a manual, and in that manual, <laughs> it came with I don't know how many pages of code. Right, there was the weird code, and you at the start of every game, because Maxis at the time knew that games were easily pirated, you had to type in the code or else was it 20 minutes or 40 minutes or something, so many minutes in the game, it would do disaster after disaster after disaster. So you would put in all this time, you would make this city, you would be so happy with it, and then tornado, then flood, then earthquake, then tornado, then earthquake, then flood, and they did all that unless the very, very beginning of the game you punched in your unique code that it would prompt you to be like 
page three, fucking line 14, and then you would punch in that code. Do you remember that, like, Cecil or Selkie? So the game I was playing was probably pirated, but oh, yeah. that probably that, that explains a lot. <laughs> Yeah, they used to do that a lot. Like the old Silent Service game, uh, Silent Service 2, if I'm remembering correctly, had a bunch of different boats in it that you had to identify. And they had the silhouettes of the boats in a periscope. And the, when the game started up, it would say, identify this style. What, what boat is this? You know, carrier, um, tanker, destroyer, super destroyer, all that jazz. And if you didn't identify it right, it didn't let you into the game. So yeah, DRMs back in the day were fun. Now, I will tell you this though. Open up the books because they not only tell you, I mean, usually you would read the book before playing the game. Um, so open up the books and definitely give a read through of them. Specifically, the second book, the second game, in the second game, in the second game's manual, there's a map that you will need to navigate your way through the, through the halls. Um, if you don't have that, that was their DRM, basically. If you didn't have that map, you would literally spend hours just trying to figure out the maze that was that city. Was that the uh, Nintendo 64 Kuroki Forest or the Kuroki Woods? Once you went to the fucking woods, if you didn't buy the strategy guide, you were fucked. Because left, right, up, up, left, left, up, left, right, up, down. And then you got it. Yeah, one of those. But yeah, so uh, the the re- read through the manual. It's in the installation directory for it. Definitely read through the manual because it also tells you how to use your number pad to fight with um with your attacks and whatnot with your manual weapon. So it's it definitely there's a lot of great information in there to play. Um, but you you've just started playing through the first game, and I love that you are not googling how to how to like do walkthroughs and stuff because the game itself is really meant to be played just going through and figuring it out um, because you can really you can get through that game if you know what you're doing in like an hour a couple hours really like if you just beeline straight through it you can get through it in a couple hours because all you got to do is just max out a couple of stats to get specific things um, or not even max them out you just need to get them up to a certain level to get through whatever it is. Um, you can skip a lot of the main quests or a lot of the side quests, which there are side quests in the game. You, there's there's the main quest of what you have to do, and then there's a whole bunch of little side quests. And depending on if you were a fighter or if you were a magic user or if you were a thief, opens up which one of those side quests you do. And also depending on what you start off as and what items you put points into, also depicts on whether you can do multiple of those things. So like, for instance, if you started off as a thief and you put some points into magic, granted, it leaves you at a deficit at the beginning of the game because your stats that you want to have up there as a thief are a little bit lower. But if you put points into magic, you can actually do, you can buy magic spells and then it opens up that magic line. As well as the Adventurer's Guild, you can still go to the Adventurer's Guild and get some quests from there as well to earn money and all that other stuff. Um, but anytime, any place where you can kind of like repeatedly do a specific skill, you can go and keep repeatedly do that skill and gain points in it. And then all you got to do is just check your stats. And once you get up to 100, you're like, okay, I'm done. Or you can get up close to 100 and say, I'm done. Um Now, the one thing that's very annoying in it is your stamina. And that's where you kept coming up and you're saying... It says you're tired or you're getting tired. 
Uh, if you go to the healer in that house by where that bird was, she'll sell you stamina potions. And those stamina potions refill your stamina up to whatever the max is automatically. These are all great tips and things that I wish I'd have known. And I will probably recreate my character and start over again. Knowing what I know now. Yeah, if you haven't gotten that far. far, Yeah, if you haven't gotten that far, it's actually cool. Trying to not die. Yeah, so like fighting stuff, especially at night. If you're out in the woods at night, oh Christ! Yeah, like things are just you're you're, you're dead. Like they're just you're wrecked. Yeah, everything I've come across, and then when I do kill something, I forget to save it, and then something else kills me, and I'm back. <laughs> it's like it never happened. I never killed anything. Put put save the save the zoo. What is oh, that? Oh, that is the best point and click adventure game ever made. I'll have you know. Okay, I gotta know why is it the best point? Click uh, adventure because it's game? for little kids, and it was the first one I ever had. That and I think Freddie Freddy Fish was too. It was a point <laughs> click. Wrong. All right, all right. So, Damoc, what's the best point and click Leisure adventure game suit that you Larry. My dad played Leisure Suit Larry. I want to play the zoo game. <laughs> I love you, Selkie. <sighs> oh my god. So which Leisure Suit Larry? The original. Leisure Suit Larry and the Land of the Lounge Lizards? Oh, that game was so fucking bad. And you had no guidance because I, uh... We talked about this briefly, but you need to read through the manual for Quest for Lori. You do need to read through the manual. It tells you to read through the manual, and there are a lot of game hints and explanations. So if you buy it on Steam, it comes with all five games, and it's phenomenal, and it comes with all five of the very big PDF files that define the game, which you should read through to go forward. But Leisure Suit Larry came with nothing at all whatsoever you had to figure out every little detail and that was the dirtiest oh this is how i get the phone number and i call here and i go there and blah blah blah. and it was i mean it's a dirty game of course it's a dirty game but come on now that was the best point and click adventure game i saw my dad in a whole new light i'm going to that game I'm definitely going to give you uh, I'm going to give you points on Leisure Suit Larry. Now, Leisure Suit Larry has a special place for me only because of when that game when I first got an opportunity to play that game um, was back my parents owned it was a little hotel. Actually, you know you Aaron, you may know it. Um, you know when you go into Jackson, there's the Burger Den on the right and just before that there's the log cabins that are now, I think, apartments. Yeah. Well, that used to be, those used to be little um, motel rooms. And my parents actually own those motels. Uh, uh, Dizzle actually lived there for a time, way back when. And uh, when my parents owned that, my dad, of course, had to have a computer 
because he was doing all the books and all that stuff and he had to computerize everything, which that, okay, quick story time with Cecil because this is just funny. So my dad kept everything on the computer and he backed up everything. He saved all of his files. He didn't leave it on the hard drive. He put it on a floppy disk and he would always keep that floppy disk in the fireproof safe and then he would pull it out and he blah, 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 blah. So he was kept there. Well, my mom one day accidentally left the disc and left it too close to the radiator. Okay, so are we talking five and a quarter or 3.5? Five and a quarter. Oh, you're The floppy disks. The floppy disks. So she left it there accidentally. And then she, of course, realized what she did quickly put it back in its sleeve and put it into the fireproof box. Well, my dad, of course, comes over and he's like, oh no, all the numbers are gone. And he like literally took him hours and hours to put all those numbers in there because it was all like spreadsheets and stuff like that. Completely forgot. Like all of them gone. So he ended up having to spend those hours and hours again. My mom did not tell him. Decades later, decades later, we were talking about, I forget what we were talking about, and my mom blurts out, oh, yeah, it was like that time I left that disc on the radiator in the motels. And my dad just kind of like, you see, like, he just looks over like, what? And all of a sudden, my mom realizes what she did. She's like, oh, yeah, you remember when you thought you left that disc on the radiator and, and destroyed all the data on it? And he's like, yeah. She's like, well, that was actually me. She's like, <laughs> 25 years later you tell me this oh man you want to talk about crazy stories so my uh my great-grandfather sorry my grandfather right my mom's dad he worked for bell he was in the marine corps and then he worked for bell south bell south before it was at&t he had okay old computers with the the five and a quarter fucking discs do you know how long it took us to crack the passwords on these unlabeled disks that he had? Fucking forever. How that's even possible with a modern computer and trying to crack these, I don't even know. But holy <laughs> shit, dude. He had 17 fucking character passwords on the stuff. And turns out that... uh. He had the Leisure Suit Larry games, and he had some Wheel of Fortune games, and a couple other things. I was like, damn, we never got into some of the random-ass fucking files that he had on those five and a quarters, man. You're like, I don't know what the fuck, but hopefully, you know, I'm going to always keep my grandfather in a, a great light <laughs> in my personal view, but damn. Nice. Well, do you remember in Leisure Suit Larry when you had to go, okay, you remember when you started off? Of course, okay, before anybody, before we go on, Leisure Suit Larry and the Land of the Lounge Lizards, the entire point of the game was to get laid. Whole point of the entire game. All Leisure Suit Larry wanted to do was to get laid. And he would literally do anything he could. And well, what you mean, start off anything is anything. He would do whatever it takes. You want to piss on me first? Cool. Pee on me, baby, as long as I can stick it in. So he actually used to start off at a CD bar, like literally outside of a CD bar. 
And the first thing you can do is you can walk in, go over to the secret door, knock in, pay the money, go upstairs and sleep with the hooker. Well, you could do that, but then you jumped out the window and you would probably get like, I don't know, two or three screens away. And all of a sudden you would see him start itching, you know, itching. Yep. He got the STD right away, dude. Yep. And then he would die immediately after that, like on the ground die. So, of course, that was like your first foray into the game. The next thing you do is you go down to the corner store. And do you remember what happens in the corner store when you try to buy condoms? Dude, it's been so fucking long. No, not off the top of my head. It is It is by far one of the funniest scenes in a game hands down to date because it was so not pc in any way shape or form and it was so hilarious you walk in okay and for anybody who is politically correct sensitive you might want to mute now because i'm going to explain this and it is in no way shape or form pc so yeah you walk into this convenience store on the middle in the middle of a of fucking wherever in the middle of a city there are bars on the convenience store windows you walk in there are two indian guys in turbans behind the counter <laughs> so as soon as you go in there of course the first thing you do is you walk up and down the aisles and you've got to do a bunch of other stuff too but i, I won't explain all that because that's not the funny part but you go in there and you, of course, scope out and make sure that nobody's there. You know, nobody's in the aisles. Nobody, you know, nobody's around because you're embarrassed to go to go buy condoms. It's 1980 something. Like, you're embarrassed to go buy condoms. That's the thing. Yeah, that was a thing. That was a thing. Why? Wasn't he? He was a grown man, right? That was a thing. In the 80s? It was a grown man. He was a grown man, but the game was written by people with childish minds. No, not just childish minds. They were. It was written at the the time that it made sense. Like, let's look at the AIDS epidemic that could have been resolved with condoms across the board. But buying a condoms, wow, dude! I gotta wrap my dick up. Like, I don't want people to know that I gotta wrap my dick up. That means I'm having sex and all that. There's, it's a big. It, it yeah. was. There was a lot of privacy. Was. There was a lot of there was a lot of indecency and like. A lot of modesty, we'll say, when really there wasn't. But the game, you got to keep in mind, was also written by people with very adolescent minds. You know, the, the laugh at fart jokes type of thing. But then again, I laugh at fart jokes. So what am I saying? Anywho, so you walk into this convenience store, okay? There's two Indian guys behind the counter. They've got box wine in the cooler, all the normal stuff hanging around. So, of course, you walk up and you're like, hey, do you guys sell condoms? So, of course, they come out and they even write it in the Indian accent. You know, would you like this or would you like a that? So they ask you all these questions like, OK, and it's super frigging like it's racist. Really oh, bad. dude, Leecher Suit Larry, the, even to this day, the new versions are still racist as fuck because so they, bad. they, they, so, they, so they, they go back to a tribute to the originals. And yeah, it's bad. So you get all these questions asked like, okay, well, do you want, do you want normal or do you want Magnum? Do you want ribbed? Do you want lubricated or not? And they ask you all these questions. Okay. And as you're literally clicking through answering all these questions at the end of it, they yell. So you're telling me you want a Magnum non-lubricated rib for her pleasure. Late or lambskin, blah, blah. And they yell out all of this stuff. And they're literally, like, in the game, yelling it out. 
as soon as they got done, get done saying the word condom, like 15 people pop out from behind behind things and behind, like out of coolers and shit like that, all just scream simultaneously, you pervert! And then you're sitting there like, oh. He's like, $1.25, please. I feel like- that makes me feel bad for him, poor guy. He's just trying to be, just trying to do the responsible thing and rip for her pleasure and everything, and he gets shamed for it. Putting in that extra effort, that's Dude, cold. If you knew Leisure Suit Larry, you would realize that this is this man's life. Like, all he's trying to do, like, he's trying to be the suave, like, I'm charming, but he has none. He's like a middle-aged, balding guy in a leisure suit, a polyester leisure suit, trying to get laid, like, the whole time. I like how I went... From the same company. Sorry, you were sa- you saying something first. No, no, so from the same company who made Quest for Glory, oh, okay. ironically. Oh, really? That's funny. Yeah, Sierra. I like how Sierra made it. I went super PG, and I was like, oh, Pup Pup saves the zoo, which is like a children's game where you're a car, and all the animals are like in the wrong enclosures and shit. And like, that's the whole thing is you just like, you have to like do something for them to get them to like come with you or whatever to save them. And then you guys are like, Leisure suit, Larry. You just buy condoms and try to fuck. And this is like they're just polar opposites. It's so funny. There's so much more to the game. There's really so much more to the game. But on my personal opinion, on the best point-and-click adventure game that there is, actually goes to Quest for Glory Two: Trial by Fire. And the reason for that, there's a couple of reasons for that. One. It was it like that. I actually played Trial uh, Quest for Glory two before I played Quest for Glory one. If that makes any sense. Um, I played a bunch of the King's Quests. Uh, I played Space Quest all before playing Quest for Glory. But Quest for Glory two Trial by Fire, I can still remember to this day. It took five five and a half inch floppy disks to install. You had to have the original discs from Sierra because they did something like they clipped the thing and made them read only so that you could only use them. It wouldn't install without it. Some BS like that. But Quest for Glory 2, you actually, sh- well, I'm not going to, not going to ruin that, but it had, it was one of the first games that had RPG elements with having a really, like, really interesting storyline. And so many branching paths that the game legitimately took hours to figure out and play. And at the end of it, when you get all the way to the end, it was such a fulfilling and rewarding end to the game. Um, And then left you like completely hanging because it kind of led into this of, hey, you're going to be getting this next game, but you didn't know when. It left you at such a cliffhanger. So, uh, have you played a lot of point-and-click adventures? Because I haven't played very many, but I've played a couple of, like, the... Well, actually, I've played, I think, five from just Telltale Games. Because they had, like, a brief run in, like, the early 2010s, I think. Like, 2013-14, they released, um, what is it, The Walking Dead, the first one. Mm-hmm. I was joking when I said pup I don't really remember it that well because I was really little, but... The Telltale Games, The Walking Dead, Point and Click Adventure is probably my mm-hmm. favorite one. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody if you haven't played it. It is the only media I have ever read in my life or like seen in my life, like books, movies, video games that actually made me cry. 
I oh, cried. Oh yeah, at the at when when yes. you, when you gave her the gun. At yeah, the very and end, you, and you're, I yeah. actually cried. Oh, man. It was fucking horrible. And, and like, <laughs> obviously saying it's horrible is not like, you know, it, that doesn't, but like, it was just like such a huge, like emotional payoff. Like I was actually extremely invested. Um, but then they just kind of like, the next ones weren't that great. And then by the last one, like the last one they released was uh, about Michonne. I mean, I honestly didn't even mm. give a shit. I was like, I'm just, I don't care. Like, I didn't care about the yeah. story at all by the last one. But that first that one was first amazing. One really did. It was really really good. Yeah, it did. Yeah, Telltale really nailed nailed it. Um, I honestly, and and this might be might be me being nitpicky, but I don't really classify the Telltale games like uh, uh, Wolf Among Us, um, The Walking Dead, uh, even the Batman Arkham Arkham One. I forget what that one was called. There's been a few by Telltale. I honestly. I don't classify them at quite as point and click. I classify them more as like interactive stories because you really like you play through you play through an extremely linear story. Not that the point and click adventures aren't linear stories; they are. Um, but you play through an extremely linear storyline where you're only breaking it up by some quick time events. Like the same thing is really going to happen. Like somebody's going to get eaten by the zombie Medan, over here. Man of Medan. Oh, another one. Another one that's, I, I fully, I love man of Medan. Um, uh, until dawn made by Supermassive games, uh, house of ashes. Um, what not story Brooks, silent Brook, silent. No, not silent hill, but they did a second one. Um, as well for after Man of Medan, all all I feel are just interactive stories. I I and will agree with genres, you there. The where Telltale Games, I've played a, a handful of their games. They are not point and click adventure games. They are interactive story games to fill in. I hate to say it this way, and I hate that the games are created this way, but they are to fill in the massive plot holes. From TV series. No, I, I but I, I agree with you 100%. They fill in a lot of plot holes. And I almost feel like they are the next evolution of point and click adventure. Like the point and click adventure games like King's Quest are very linear. And you go through and you do very specific things. They have a def- they have a very specific feel. I almost feel like the Telltale games like Wolf Among Us, like... Um, like the Man of Medans, like, uh, you know, like those style games. I think I just looking at how they've been, how things have evolved. It really feels like those are like the next step up from point and click adventure. So I disagree with you there in okay. a significant way of I don't remember the game and I bought it for Selkie. And all of that, but it is a relatively, and I say relatively new as in it was created after 2010, point and click adventure game. And it was about a girl and she was trying to solve something and Zulky played it for quite a while, but point and click adventure is still very Life much alive. No, not Life is Strange. Life is Strange is still... I would say Life is Strange is among the storytelling aspect of like Man of Medan. Is, is it Man of Medan or Man of Medan? Man of Medan. 
Okay, so Man of Medan and all that. Um, I would say that that's where Life is Strange was going, but Life is Strange also still had an interesting take on the point and click. And I'm going to have to refer to Selkie back on it. I bought her a game and she played it and she really, I thought she really enjoyed it. But it was a like a schoolgirl that was going through something, and yeah. But it was all point and click adventure. Lily? Yeah, oh, oh, dude. I think Lily looking through. I think I know what game you're talking about, but I don't know what it was called. <laughs> I do enjoy it. Well, like, <gasps> there are still point and click adventure games being made, and and I don't mean to say like the uh, the Telltale games are. Like, it's kind of like, okay, if you believe in evolution, like, we're supposed to be evolved from apes. Like, there are still apes around. So, like, me saying that's Telltale Games, I feel like they're the next evolution of point-and-click adventure. Not trying to say that point-and-click adventures aren't there anymore. They're still making them. Like, they're still apes. But I just, I kind of feel like the way that they've progressed, that they're kind of like, you know, adding quick-time events to a point-and-click adventure game seems like the next progressive step to me. Uh, was the one that Selkie played maybe the, uh, what is it called? I played it, I streamed it, actually. It was, uh, The Suicide of Rachel Foster was another, like, point-and-clicky, uh, game. Like, you just, you, like, walked around, you were in, like, a hotel or whatever. I don't remember if you were, uh, in school or not, but you were a young person, a young woman. What about the Finch one? Something Emily Finch? The death of Emily Finch? Oh, yes! Oh, what is it called? Um, what remains of what remains? Somebody is it Emily? What, is it Emily? It's I don't somebody know. Finch. I just, I I, Edith Finch. Edith Finch. Edith. That's Finch. what it is. That one was actually really, really good. the The suicide of Rachel Foster was terrible. I was extremely angry by the end of it. I made a whole separate video just about how pissed off I was about it. But what remains of Edith Finch was really, really good. I really liked that one. That was super cool. I honestly don't know if that was a point-and-click adventure, to be honest. I just, the game was coming to my mind. Yeah, I don't yeah. even know what type of game it, game it was. Oh, I never played it. I think it. it is, yeah. I mean, it's, well, if you if you count, like, the more, like, story kind of, like, Telltale, like, interactive story thing as point-and-click, then it is. Um, at least Google said that, like, the Telltale things count as point-and-click. So, at least, like, in okay. a technical way they are, but I get that, like, they're different from, like, your typical, like... You click, and then the frame changes to that thing, and then you click again versus, like, walking to a thing and then clicking it. But um, What Remains of Edith Finch was really, really cool. I hadn't seen another one like it, but it did the same thing that The Suicide of Rachel Foster did, where, like, it flirts with having a horror aspect to it, but then it doesn't, like, it doesn't ever, like, do it. Like, it just has, like, oh, this might be creepy, and you're waiting for something to happen, but then nothing happens. So, like, like, I wish it would have, like... Wake. I have never played those. But like it Isn't it Alan Wake? Yeah, Alan yeah, Wake. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I thought it was Ethan Wake, but you're but, um, Alan Wake, yeah. And I don't want to compare them because they're completely different. What remains of Edith Finch is a really, really cool story. The suicide of Rachel Foster is a fucking terrible ass story. <laughs> so like don't 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 <laughs> say like they're in the same category, but they both have this thing where like they almost flirt with you worrying that something might like happen to you while you're playing. Like there might be like a jump scare or like you're waiting for something to happen to you. And, like, it does creepy shit on purpose to make you think something might happen. 
but then nothing does. So, like, it makes me wonder, like, if they were afraid to take it that far. But, like, I would have rather they either just kept it with the story and didn't do that at all, or actually, like, made it scary. Instead of, like, this halfway mark where you're waiting for something that never happens. So, that seems interesting. I would I would like that where it has a build-up to it and all of that. I don't remember the game, but I remember Silky was playing a game for a while that I had seen and I, I grabbed it for her. I think I grabbed it for her. Maybe she grabbed it on her own. But it was one of those games that she played, and it was a point-and-click adventure game. It was similar to uh, The Last of Us and The Last of Us 2, which is what Flightless is playing and all of that. And she's really enjoying that, and that's a very big point-and-click adventure game with a lot of storytelling. But there was a little bit more... To the game that Selkie was playing, and man, I am drawing a massive blank entirely. I've got to know what this game is. Selkie, you got to throw us a bone here. I don't know. I think it was one that was in his... He had it, and I'm looking through his Steam library, and there's like seven or 800 games in here, so I'll never find it. <laughs> I don't remember what it is. <laughs> well... Selkie, what, what we need is at 3 a.m. when you wake up and you remember what this game is. We just need I'll, you to I'll jot it down on something so you can tell us what know. it is. I'm, I'll, I'll be awake. I'll be awake. In fact, I'm taking your number and I'm making it like punch through do not disturb so it will go off. I'll be awake. I know I will be anyways because I'm going to need to know this. This is one of those. So here's like fun fact for, for Cecil. I probably played every point and click adventure game from about 2005 and prior. So you can come up like I've even played Mixed Up Mother Goose. If you don't know of it, it's actually hilarious. It's the Mother Goose rhymes. And if, you, if you've heard the name of the title of the game already, they're all mixed up. <laughs> so like Humpty Dumpty isn't quite cracked open. Um, the, the crooked man who lives in the crooked house you got to get him back to his house uh, or you got to get him his crooked stick. Like all, all these big, like it's just, it was a fun kids game when you were growing up to learn how to type because a lot. Okay. So here's a fun fact. All, most of the old point and click adventure games were not what you think they are. Like what you're playing now for quest for glory, where you click and tell it what to do. You actually had to type and tell it what to do. You actually had to say, like, type in throw dagger. So if you go back to the EGA version, I think it still is active there. You clicked around to move, but when you wanted to do something, you had to type in throw dagger, and then it would give you a little radical, and you had to click where you wanted to throw. Um, if you wanted to climb the wall, you had to type in climb wall. So, I mean, that's how they used to be way back in the day. Like the old Police Quest game. Um, oh, man. If you never played Police Quest. Oh, you have to play Police Quest. Dude, how many times did you get in your car, drive away, only to have yourself get a flat tire and the game end right there? Yep, because it's... God damn it. You got to walk around. You got to say, check vehicle, and then you literally have to walk around your vehicle to say that you checked it, and the game actually tracks that. As you walk around the vehicle to check your vehicle so you don't have like a flat tire or something. 
And it was actually like police quest. Like all these old point and click adventure games are super fun. And if you can, if you could stomach the graphics, they're great. Okay, so I found the game that I think he was talking about. It was not an Ace Schoolhouse. It was like in a castle or something. But it's a point-and-click game that I very much enjoyed. And I have no idea how to actually pronounce it. But it's spelled T-S-I-O-Q-U-E. Not a clue how to pronounce that. Hold on. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, I'm it's assuming on it's on Steam. T-S-I-O-Q-U-E. O Q U E. Oh, well, this one came out way at, way I past when I would have known it. But that looks kind of cool. Play that too. Ironically, this game is on my wish list already, so I've already seen it, and I must have said, "Oh, I want to get this someday." Oh, you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me a lot of that old. Do you remember the Dragon's Lair game or Space Ace? I haven't played that, but this game was very entertaining. Was this more was this more click and point and click adventure, or was this more like Twitch based where you had to like tell it to go do something and you just went and did it and Like did you roam around like in Quest for Glory? It was like you're not really in control of the character, you have to click on things and then it interacts with it. Okay. He kind of so, reminded me of playing like an escape game. Okay. Yeah. Th- I mean, this definitely this reminds me if you if you haven't played it, the old Space Ace and the old Dragon's Lair, like at least the the art style reminds me of that. This looks really fun, though. I mean, it is on my wish list, so I must have at one point in time said I it have to really play fun. this. It was really fun. If you like playing like escape games, it was like an escape game, and you're like you escape in the castle. And I love escape games, so it was, yeah. I got yeah, I got to check that out. I definitely got to check that out. If you're dead set on playing the suicide of Rachel Foster, just prepare to just be mad when you finish it. Like just. Plan on it ruining the rest of your day when you finish it. Because it will. If it doesn't, I'd, I'm going to be just... My mind will be blown. Because I literally just had to sit there and just think for a couple minutes. And my brother played it with me. And then we just, like, went off about it. Like, for, like, two hours about how mad I was. And he was like, this is nonsense. I hate it. It's really it. that bad. It's, it's so bad. <laughs> like... I mean, it looks cool. The It looks cool. The graphics are cool. Um, it flirts with the idea of doing scary stuff, which is like, whatever. It's like, it's kind of creepy. So there's that. It's just, it just does. I don't want to ruin it because Selkie's going to play it. So I can't say what I'm mad about, but it, it like, it just, it tells you some information and then like glosses over like a glaringly obvious, like heinous moral act. And it just like mentions it to you. Like it's like a throwaway thing that's not important. And it's really fucking important, and it made me really angry. This, this looking at the trailer for this, this looks like like um, Firewatch to me. Oh, I just finished Firewatch. Oh, oh my god, that just, was awesome just the too. movement. Oh, that's such a great game. Aaron is looking fucking wonkadoo there, like she's never played Firewatch, and now I'm disappointed. I don't, Firewatch I don't know what is it a is. really good oh, game. If you, okay, if you, hold on. 
I will buy you a fucking copy of Firewatch because holy shit, oh, sit down it. and play. Every worth fucking it. moment, every goddamn suit- minute of your life is worth playing that game. Yeah, it's a short game. It really, really is. But it's a very fulfilling yeah, as, and fun game. Um, yeah, as Selkie, because legitimately, that's... Uh, Selkie, legitimately, how amazing is that game in your life? I it was a really great game. I will say the end, I felt kind of bittersweet about. But yes, it was a great yes. game. A hundred percent. I'm looking at this Suicide of Rachel Foster game and all, and I'm thinking, okay, so I gave myself like half an hour before I rage quit <laughs> after hearing that. But this picture, so I initially thought this was a butterfly on the picture, and now oh, I'm thinking, is that going to be like a, a mouth retainer? It's a retainer. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, you won't rage quit 30 minutes in. Like, I felt compelled to finish the entire thing. Like it was interesting. It wasn't. It wasn't boring. The graphics are good. It does some creepy stuff. So you're like, ooh, I don't really want to go in here. Like I don't want to do this. It's so, like it makes you uneasy. It's just like this one thing about it ruined it for me. I maybe it won't for you, but it made me mad. But um, reading about Firewatch, it says like your only emotional lifeline is a person on the other end of a handheld radio. Um, yeah, that's the same. It's not a spoiler, but that's the same thing with the suicide of Rachel Foster. It's that you don't have. It's just you and one person that you can't see. So, like, that's really interesting. That was really interesting. That like you're you're it, you feel extremely isolated, and then every time like you get to pick up and talk to this person, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna be safe for three more minutes. Like this, as long as he's talking, everything's okay. <laughs> it's like that's, that part that's of that was cool. Watch was, but I- that's why looking at the trailer and listening to it. It, it felt like Firewatch. That's why I was looking at it like, this really just feels like Firewatch. Like, it feels like a scarier version of Firewatch. So with Firewatch, I kept forgetting what button it was to respond, and then the person would talk, and then I'd be like, how do I respond? How do I respond? And I'd be clicking all the buttons, and then my reply window would close, and I'd be like, fuck, I didn't respond. Yeah, Firewatch is a very dialogue-driven game. Okay, okay, that's dope. Um, so... So, on for point-and-click adventures, though, just to quickly loop back to there, have any of you ever played a game called Phantasmagoria? Yes. Yes, I have. But it has been so long. I know the name, and you triggered, like, you said the name, and I had, like, flashbacks, but not quite... Uh, I'm so, missing it, but yes. Fan- Phantasmagoria is about, and I may be getting this wrong, but it, if I remember correctly, which we all know that my memory is terrible, um, it's made by the same company, Sierra. Sierra and okay, so Sierra back in the day pretty much made all the point and click adventure games. Uh, they just Sierra made they just more than just point and click adventure games. Sierra dominated the gaming field. Well, I mean, yes, yes, they did. But they they really did well at point and click adventures, um, so in Phantasmagoria, you were a couple that moved into this house, and you play the the female role, the the female protagonist, and you are roaming around said house and looking at all the different weird and creepy stuff that's there, and it's. Like, as the story unfolds, it just gets weirder and weirder and weirder. And it's like, the graphics are super old school. 
Okay, so looking at it, and I was like, okay, oh, fuck, dude, that name, it hit a nerve, and I gotta look at it. That's a precursor to Resident Evil. I could see, I could see them taking some influence from that. I absolutely could. Actually, I'm not because when did Resident Evil come out? Didn't it come out in 1995? Because Phantasmagoria came out in 1995. I know that because I started dating my wife in 1995, and that game came out, and I played it that same year. When did Resident Evil come out? All right, we got to find out. Hold on, now I gotta look. March twenty second, nineteen ninety six. I could, I could, I could definitely say. I mean, Resident Evil would have been really deep into development then, but I could definitely see them taking some cues from Phantasmagoria. Right, like I'm saying, I know that it was deep in development in '96 and all of that, but. Yeah, I can definitely see it. The game that you're saying, like, now, that could be that everybody changed the way that they were viewing games and they all went in a different direction. And, you know, Resident Evil, eh, arguably, without argument, Resident Evil became the more popular series. But, yeah, yeah. I I know what you're talking about. Yeah, Phantasmagoria had a sequel, but it really wasn't. I mean, nearly as well-received. I mean, Res- okay, Resident Evil was a genre-defining game. Like, it really was. Like, actually, kind of like Quest for Glory, was it, it was a genre-changing game because of the RPG elements that they added in. And a lot of games actually took a lot of those elements from that. Um, you know, pretty much, the, I mean, at, at the time, really there were RPGs, like Dungeons & Dragons, and then there were point-and-click adventure games and, like, things of that nature, but none of them really mixed the genres as well as Quest for Glory did, and Quest for Glory really took really the genre in a whole new direction, which made it, I mean, was absolutely fantastic. Games like Mass Effect have taken heavily from Quest for Glory. Um, Not only from the take-your-save-from-one-game-to-the-next, but... Uh, just the RPG elements with a, a different thing, like the the mesh of it. There's, there's, I mean, a lot of games have taken cues from Quest for Glory, which is really, really cool. But yeah, uh, sorry, Phantasmagoria. And there's another game that I kind of label in the point and click adventure style, but it might be more walking simulator. But I really think it's more point and click adventure. Have you ever played a game called Scratches? I have not. Rings a bell, but no. Okay. Whoever wants a copy of it, I will get them a copy of it because Scratches nailed all the different things that make a a suspense game a suspense game. It gave you a creepy, creepy atmosphere, so, the perfect music, the perfect environment. Like, everything in the environment was just downright creepy and put you on edge. I got Selkie over there fucking Googling it, but, uh, yeah. She's a... I'm not talking shit. Yes, you are. But Yes, I am, apparently. So, she loves platformer puzzle solvers across the board, but she's not good at the platformer part. 
But as far as a puzzle solving, I have a that's love hate relationship with platformer so games. <laughs> so the best part about scratches is that it's not a platformer in any way, shape, or form. And that's the best part about the old Sierra point and clicks. They're not platformers in any way, shape, or form. Scratches is you start off in the game, you're a writer, and you've bought an old house like forever away. It was like an old mansion. And you bought this house, this mansion, sorry, so that you could go and write. Um, and the people who owned it before, I, I don't know whether the story was that they died recently and they just, you know, they, they, but something happened where they were immediately not there. And you basically clandestine got your hands on this property and you're like oh kick ass i'm gonna go up here and i'm going to have a great like a great place to just write you know just have a place out of the middle of nowhere where nobody can bother me and you get there and it kind of has a seventh guest feel if you've ever played seventh guest it has that kind of seventh guest feel to the house as you're kind of outside because there's a an atrium outside and kind of a like a little kind of hedge maze i think i can't remember if there was a hedge maze or not but there was like a little atrium you get inside everything is fully furnished uh it's just it was a great game uh and it just kept you on edge the, it was one of those exploring kind of games where you've got to kind of open up and look at all these different things and really kind of like solve the mystery of what's going on scratches was fantastic as i said if you want it if you're interested in it in any way shape or form i will get you a copy because this is a game that i want to throw money at these guys it's super simple, but they are geniuses for the way they put it together. And they're making another game. I believe it's called Asylum. It's been in development forever, and I have little hope that it's ever going to come out. But as soon as it comes out, I'm getting it. Um, I just Googled it, and it sounds like I got to get on my Steam to find it. But I just got a game that's similar to it. Let's see. It'll take me two seconds to find it because I don't know how many games. Where is it? Um. It reminds me of The Beast Inside, which it's not about a writer, but these two people move into this house in the middle of nowhere, and then they start... It's not... They yes. don't hear scratches, but, like, you yes. see things and, ha- like, ghosts and shit. Yes. And we just started it, so I don't know what happens, but that's what immediately what I thought of when I saw the... When I Googled scratches, is The Beast Inside. Which is not a point-and-click adventure. It's completely different, but it's like a horror game, and it takes place in an abandoned house. So it's just, that's why I connected them. Yes, there's a there's actually is it there's there's a I want to say there's another point-and-click adventure game that's called like the Evil Inside or the Demon Inside. Hold on, the Evil Inside is one of the games that is a point-and-click adventure. Is it called the Evil another Inside? one? Yeah, it's Evil Inside, or The Evil Inside, or whatever. No, no, The Evil Within, that's another game. That's not a point and click. What the hell is it called? No, The Evil Inside, not The Evil Within. I can't find that on Steam. No, hold on. There's a game called Evil Inside, but it's it's a first-person psychological horror game uh he uses a spear board to contact his dead mom is that it is that what it is Dama? not to my knowledge i don't play these games <laughs> and i started drinking bullet bourbon so yeah 
fuck bitches get money. I just scared the shit out of myself. I accidentally started a video of the <laughs> evil inside game, and it just scared the shit out of me immediately. <laughs> I'm no, done it's like, it's like things. Cool, then. <laughs> What's it called? I can't Google scary oh, shit oh, this oh, late oh. at night. I get jumpy. The Beast Within. That's what it's called. Dude, That's what I just said. The Maze. No, right? no, you said the Beast Inside, I thought. Oh, no, I'm wait. just saying the Did Maze. <laughs> the Beast Inside. Oh, yep, the maze. That's a that's a fun one. That's a good point and click adventure game. That's like My one of the bad. first okay. Here's some friggin' like old school. That's the first game you ever bought me, Damoc. I really thought that I had bought you a game before then, but really? That was, was the, the first maze game. the first the game that I bought the you because holy fuck, dude, that's an amazing point and click adventure game. You said I had to play it, and I'm like, all right, dude. Um, but The Beast Within, there's actually two. There's called uh, The Beast Within and Gabriel Knight's Sins of the Father, and I can't remember which came out first, to be 100% honest. And I actually know there's a third one called Gabriel Knights 3, Blood of the Sacred, Blood of the Damned. So that was another uh, old-school point-and-click style adventure game, but that was more in the realm of, like, did you ever play Police Quest 4 SWAT? Or no, Police Quest 4 Open Season. I'm sorry. It wasn't SWAT. I think maybe, yeah, Police Quest 4 Open Season. I mean, I did, but I don't know about anybody else. Yeah, so Gabriel I have Knights. played all of the Police Quest games from the original that had those weird full motion video things, and you're like, okay, and you have literally two seconds to decide who you're going to shoot and where you're going to shoot. And that then it goes, open oh, the old granny had the fucking 357, and she took your ass out. Uh, Police Quest 3, I think. Um what was that one called? Police Quest 1 was in pursuit of the Death Angel or something. I forget what Police Quest 2 was, but Police Quest 3. Now I've got to look it up because maybe I'm thinking of 2. Actually, I think it was Police Quest 2 now that I'm saying it. Was by far the best one. So what does this have in it? Yeah, that's Police Quest. Great. No, that's Open Season. What the hell games does this have in it? Oh, Pursuit of the Death Angel. I did. I nailed it the first time. And you play Sonny Bonds. The I wasn't calling you a liar. I don't bands. remember it. Uh, Will Bonds will keep it on solve the brutal mysteries of the Kindred and then Open Season. The third one, which I think is the one I'm thinking of, which is the Kindred was my favorite police quest that they had. Open season was kind of meh. Like, it was okay. It, the thing that I liked about open season was that it... Well, the thing that I liked about all the police quests is that they really tried to incorporate real things that that you that police officers did. You know, like, you would have to go... So, they did for the first two games, and then they initiated police quest SWAT... Right, and the SWAT games went in a different direction first four, from there. But the first four of Police Quest were that way. Then they went into SWAT. Okay, so yeah, the first four, I remember playing the original ones. Like, 
these are so fucking difficult. It, it was it was interesting because my next door neighbor owned the game and we used to go over to his house to play, but it was Ryan and John. And we played the show, those games, but they were ridiculously hard. You had to be on the spot, equip your team, and that old lady always pulled out like a Mac 10 and you're like fuck me dude it's an old ass lady she's a granny she's like 79 78 whatever and she pulls up that mac 10 in that opening sequence and you just gotta take her down and it was a big deal how many shots you fired and all of that but yeah great games though great games that evolved into the swat series and then fail off because they fucked it all up instead of Rainbow Six. So here's a fun fact. I am looking up scratches right now because I said I would purchase a game for you if you wanted to buy it. You cannot buy it on Steam. I, I'm, I'm about to look on GOG and I'm about to like resort to Epic if I have to. But I can't find where you can buy this game online. Like without getting a physical Bounce. copy. It sounds really creepy. Oh, me. it's so good. Like, it's such creepy. Like, if you don't want to play it, just, it, at least go watch somebody play it, like on YouTube or something, and just watch I them play it without, um, you know, without commentary or something. I do do that with horror games sometimes. There's some, like, but I always attempt to play them first, but, like, I sometimes I can't. Like, Outlast, I couldn't do it. I got too scared. I couldn't. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you guys have played it, but it was too much for me. I had to stop. Yeah, I was you, like, fuck this. I'm going to shit my pants. If you like <laughs> horror games um, and you like the point-and-click style adventure or the kind of the interactive adventure stories that uh, like are telltale, you have to play Until Dawn. I, th- I think I've said that if I've said it a dozen times on this show, I, I, I've said it once, but you have to play Until Dawn. It's on PlayStation 4, an absolute must-play. If you don't play it, which... You really just have to play it. Like, Daymok, you can actually play Until Dawn. You've got a PS5. I have the game, so yeah. You have to play it. I mean, you just have to struggle your way through it and play it because it's such a great... It's such a great way that they tell the game, and you've got to play it, like, at night, lights off, like, headphones on, or the sound up way loud. Like, you've got it. Like, you've got to immerse yourself into this game because it's so good. So now I'm excited because it sounds like a point-and-click adventure game, which is completely and utterly up Silky's alley. So I want to crank the TV up all the way with the sound bar, and I want to watch Selkie play it. Oh, Selkie, you've got to play it. Like, dead serious. Like, you can get through the entire game, I kid you not, in about 10 hours. The fun part about it is that when you get through the entire game in 10 hours and you've murdered pretty much everybody, you now go back through and play it again because you're like, I can save everybody. I know I can. And then you fuck up at that last minute and you don't save them, but it's an auto save, so you can't go back and you've got to play through it again. Well, I mean, that's the frustrating hours a part. Time, if I can ADHD great. and wander off after about half an hour and then come back later, I'm totally game for it. <laughs> oh, yeah, you totally can. Like this game, you can go and like the way the story progresses. As long as you got a good memory of where you left off, you're you're one hundred percent fine. I literally went through this game and I went through it the first time, and it probably took me about like 
15 hours, I think, but I played it across two weeks. And when I went through it the first time and I realized how badly I screwed up on so many things, I'm like, oh, I know I can do better here. Like, I know I should be able to do this. It's, yeah, it's just wild. Sounds like a good time to me. I forgot. I forgot about one. Uh, I played it and I have played the game through twice and I watched somebody else in person play it. And I still don't know if any of us did it right. I don't know if we died or if what we were seeing was real. Um, but Layers of Fear oh, yes. is a good one. Oh, that it's is wicked good. That is so great. I, and I didn't. I I was gonna stream it actually, but I couldn't get it so me and my brother could hear it at the same time because we wanted to do it together. But it was so fun and creepy. And like there was one part I remember, like I, I don't even know how far into the game it was, but like I looked into this room and there was this creepy black thing. And when I saw it, it started to turn toward me. And I was like, I don't care if that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm leaving. And I just walked away. And I don't even know if that was important, but I didn't care. <laughs> I was like, I need to get the fuck out of here. Okay, so, so I just left. I didn't care. So did you did you play or watch Inheritance? Layers of no, Fear Inheritance. I, no, I only I only did the first one. Do you own Inheritance? No, I didn't know there was a. I didn't know there was another one. It's so it, like it. It's a DLC for it. It's so good. Have you played Layers of Fear two yet? No, I literally just thought there was the one. Oh. <laughs> I thought there was the one. So good. Yeah, Layers of Fear is fantastic. The best way to play Layers of Fear is well. First off, obviously you got to put on your brown pants. Layers of Fear VR. See, you lost me at the VR part because I'll, that might be... I've, I've gone through some scary shit in real life and, like, things that are... Random things that are supposed to scare you. And nothing's made me pee yet, but I feel like a horror game in VR, that would be... I think that would actually make me pee. Dude, when you go downstairs, when you fall through the floor in Layers of Fear and there's that picture of that dude up against the wall and then you go to walk out and something happens so you have to turn around and then when you turn around, it's right there and falls over. I'm not gonna lie. A little bit came out of me that time. A little bit came out. That scared the fuck out of me. <laughs> it scared me all three times. <laughs> it was so bad. I was like, oh, god damn it. I don't want to turn around. Well, I think we're starting to lose Daymok. So I think on that note. It does look that way. <laughs> I think on that note, Daymok, where can people find you at, man? I think he's doing it on purpose now. <laughs> Wait, I'll narrate for him. My name is Daymok. You can find me on Grinder and Pornhub. Also, OnlyFans. I think I got it. I think that's everything he was going to say. He looks so happy. That's definitely it. He's like, Aaron is my favorite person. She was so right. <laughs> So I am on Grinder, and you can always find me at Aaron the Destroyer on Grinder <laughs> across the board. Okay, I'm always fucking there. If you want to find me on Pornhub, I'm also Aaron the Destroyer. <laughs> That's Aaron D A Destroyer across the board, and you can find me getting wrecked, dude. I like all the shit across the board, but yeah, mostly you can find me in the DNA Discord. <laughs>
<laughs> Selkie Fairy, where can people find you at? I feel like she's doing it on purpose, too. All right, I'll now I'll narrate for Selkie. You can find me on OnlyFans at Aaron the Destroyer. <laughs> Aaron D A. That's an Aaron D A Destroyer. So I don't know what to say here. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just it, it, you can say nowhere if there's discords that you're in. If you've got social media you want to plug, if not, you can just say uh, you can find me control the GNA I mean, podcast. I'm new, so I'm here, and that's about it. <laughs> well, there you go. They can find you here on this episode. Right meow, right now. And that is it. <sighs> but you, Aaron, where can people find you at? Uh, they can find me in the GNA Discord on this podcast. I, I've been on every week since you allowed me to be, I think, in January. I think I've only missed one. Uh, and I have a Twitch channel. It's Aaron the Destroyer with a DA, just like Grinder and Pornhub and OnlyFans, apparently, where you can also find Daymok. Um, and I do have an Instagram and a Twitter, but I don't use those a lot because I just hate them. So just mostly the Twitch and here. Whoa, 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 whoa. Like, I only do the anal destruction stuff, so, uh, yeah, you can stay off my Pornhub channel. Thank you very goddamn much. Oh, I feel so bad for those cats. (laughs) I just pictured, like, the... (laughs) I pictured the tube thing in the 80s with the gerbils, but just a cat. It's just the cat tunnels. Like, the big... I'm Cecil Xavier Rose. You can find me on Cecil vs. Cecil Games on Twitter, Cecil Xavier everywhere else, Facebook, Ustream, Twitch, uh, Steam, PlayStation. I mean, pretty much I'm, I'm Cecil Xavier everywhere. You can, If you can't find me there, let me know. I'll, I'll get my character there, too. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to rate, review, and for subscribe on your favorite podcast apps. People Reviews help people find the show, so if you enjoy listening, let them know by dropping a review on there. Uh, you can find us on Google Play Music, Podcast Addict, Player FM, Spreaker, MyTuner, Your Listen, iTunes. Uh, I think I may have said iTunes twice, but yeah, I mean, like, we're everywhere. Uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify. If we're not someplace, let us know. We'll upload there as well. Uh, we are partnered with Humble Bundle. Humble Bundle is a game purchasing service with a twist. You can, when you buy a bundle of games, you also donate to charity simultaneously. So the different charities are out there. Uh, they have, they had, I don't know if it's still there. I think it's off now. They had a support the Ukraine bundle. Uh, there's a rate ultimate racing bundle out there out th- right now. Um, don't remember what other ones, but those are the two I remember off the top of my head. Um, what else did I miss? Oh, don't we have a website? Oh no, Selkie, do we have a website? I don't know, do you? I offered to make one for you. Aaron, do we have a website? I think we actually might have a website. It's GNA.com! <laughs> So close. So close. So close. (laughs) 
but it is Aaron versus Selkie.com and the monster cock gets involved and just slaps them both. We're going from there. Oh boy. I feel like you starting to start something now. We're gonna lose and we're gonna win and we're gonna walk away and you lose and we're gonna <laughs> well, Daymok's going to bed, and he has already lost this fucking battle, so, yep, it's GNAPodcast.com, but, uh, yeah. Well, thank y'all for joining me tonight. <laughs> I had a great time. Man, thank you for having my stupid ass. Have a good night. <laughs> <laughs>